If you want to have happy people, show them a brighter tomorrow than today. Offer people a path of advancement. Explain to them where they can go, where they can move, how they can progress, how can they can better themselves within your organization. Episode 193, how to make your employees happy. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With 1.6 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. It's the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, this is going to be a fun one. I've got my happy face on today. Yeah, I've got my happy face on too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back with you. I, 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 I was thinking I, um, uh, I, I, I spend a lot of time with you. <laughs> we do get to spend quite a bit of time together. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, and what people don't know from me is I'm not uh, I'm not a I, I, I suppose I spend so much of my time researching and in speech preparation on the telephone and interviewing people that I'm not much for small talk and chatter. But if if we can give everybody a little bit, a little uh, peek behind the curtains uh, when Dale and I get ready uh, to do a podcast, we generally spend ten or fifteen minutes in conversation. And I don't think I really spend ten or fifteen minutes in in just fun conversation with uh, with anybody. So uh, yeah, it's it's great to be back with you. And they're wide-ranging conversations, so it's I always look forward to it. But so I'm thinking, so for the person who relates to that statement that you just made, I don't have a lot of small talk. That person might be saying, I'm really not worried about happy employees. I'm worried about productive employees. Uh-huh. And I, you're going to make a connection that happy employees are productive employees. All right. So uh, normally... Um, Material for the podcasts comes from my books or my experiences with companies where I'm doing speeches or my travels in the road. And this was actually motivated by a small little sidebar item in the Wall Street Journal this week uh, on, 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 on the very back page of the second section. And uh, it, it was literally like, uh, I don't know, five or six paragraphs. And so then it got me thinking, and then I went in search of, of other evidence, corroborating evidence. But uh, the Wall Street Journal reported this week that happy employees are more productive for their companies. Now, that's just, on the surface, that just makes sense. But, uh, but until you can prove it, I mean, uh, so what? So here are some numbers I've come up with. The Drucker Institute's says that public companies with higher social values reported 20 to 25% better financial performance than those without. Now, that's 20 to 25% is a big number. Furthermore, uh, the article in the Wall Street Journal pointed out that happy and engaged salespeople produce, get this one, 37% more sales than their less engaged and happy counterparts at other companies. And Glassdoor did a huge study that shows across the board, happy employees and happy companies, their financial performance is 16% greater than companies where the workers are not as happy. Now, 16% might sound like a small number, but I will tell you this. Uh, remember, one uh, for one of my books, we sought out companies that had grown double digits every year for 10 years, uh, and we only were able 
uh, to identify 110. So double digit growth is very elusive for most companies. Most companies, if they are growing four or five percent, they're, they're over the moon. But so if, if, if you can have a 16% better financial performance just by ha- having happy customers. Uh, so, but now the question, so then the question comes, how, how do you have happier customers? And so, uh, am I an expert on that? And I suddenly thought, yeah, I have earned the right to speak on the subject uh, because myself and my researchers have studied more than 220,000 companies uh, for our eight books. And additionally, every year I do somewhere between 600 and 1,000 interviews with CEOs, senior executives, entrepreneurs, wide-ranging interviews in preparation for speeches, asking the questions, and a lot of time FaceTime inside companies. And so what I did, to, I, I, I am not going to pretend that I have put together the, the best, most all-inclusive list and and so maybe you've got a couple of things that you want to add. Maybe there are other things that people want to send us. But so I, I just sat down with one of my yellow pads and I started dashing off uh, the things that I that I have witnessed companies do to, to create happy employees. And I'm going to go through it rapid fire. I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. Number one. Uh, and these are not in priority order. Uh, these are the things that as I was sitting, musing and thinking about and recounting experiences inside companies and my observations just as they occurred to me. Uh, number one, uh, make people feel they are part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, people want to feel like they, once they've taken care of the food, clothing, and shelter aspect, uh, they want to feel like they belong to something bigger than themselves. So make people feel they are part of something bigger than just themselves. Number two, uh, and I think I got a text from you this week uh, along the line of maybe uh, of, of number two, uh, provide everybody who works for the organization a set of five or six guiding principles by which they are empowered to make decisions. I mean, when decisions can only be made by a supervisor or boss at the top, people do not feel empowered. If people do not feel empowered, how in the world can they be happy? And so companies that have a list of five, six, or seven guiding principles by which decisions are made, they can move the decision-making down, I mean, to the lowest level of the company. There's a lot less need for meetings and get-togethers and anguish and reinventing the wheel if people are just allowed to make the right decision in accordance with the guiding principles. So that's number two. Number three, obviously, uh, today, you have to make the work environment safe. You can't have a fun environment, and you can't have happy people if there's bullying, discrimination, Discrimination, racism, misogyny, intimidation, and sexism. I mean, that that that's I mean, if any of that exists in your workplace or favoritism, I mean, if any of that stuff exists in your workplace, I mean, go and hang out with the dinosaurs. I, there's just no place for any of it. There's, there's got to be a zero tolerance for bullying, favoritism, discrimination, racism, misogyny, intimidation, sexism, etc. Uh, clean it up. I mean, immediately. And if that's not one of your core values, then you've got a big problem. Number four, uh, provide an attractive and well-equipped workplace. Uh, it'd be my observation that people who work in nice surroundings and with the right equipment and supplies to get the job done are obviously a lot happier than those who aren't. So provide an attractive and well-equipped workplace. Number five, and I see this one all the time, uh, and I, I've seen it for years and I still see it, create 
a utilitarian environment where everyone is equal. Uh, not one set of rules for the top brass and one set of rules for the workers. Uh, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't fly, uh, anymore. I remember not long ago talking to, uh, uh, to uh, Hensley, who is the CEO of, um, O'Reilly Automotive and, uh, you know, even though he's the CEO of this uh, darling of Wall Street with almost 5,000 locations across the United States, just incredible financial performance. I mean, as the CEO, he still has an allotted amount of vacation days and has to put in for them, just like all the other employees of the company. I mean, after a career working there, I mean, he's probably at three or four weeks a year of vacation, but he's got to put in for it just like anybody else. And so you can't have one set of rules for the brass. Uh, and generally that means no rules for the brass. And then all of these rules for the employees. Number six, uh, if you want to have happy people, uh, show them a brighter tomorrow than today. Offer people a path of advancement. Explain to them where they can go, where they can move, how they can progress, how can they can better themselves within your organization. Number seven, uh, as, as they perform, grant them more responsibility. People crave responsibility. People crave growth. Again, it's right there in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Number eight, make the employee part of the bigger picture and acknowledge their contributions. Uh, just don't worry about them tasking at what they're doing and leave them in isolation, but make the employee constantly part of the bigger, have all hands meetings. I mean, communicate, communicate, communicate uh, the, the big picture to everybody and acknowledge people's contributions for helping the company get there. Number nine, and, and this is a big one, um, trust employees to do the right thing. Um you know, so many CEOs have said, you know, we don't have many rules. And these are the great CEOs. These are the great CEOs I've written about. And uh, I remember when Marshall Larson told me, he said, uh, we don't have rules here. And I, I said, why don't you have rules? He said, because companies with rules have rules for like the two or 3% of the people who need rules. And he said, we would just rather not have those two or 3% of the people who need rules. So therefore we don't have a big rule book. So trust employees do the right thing. Number 10, this is sadly missing uh, in many work environments. If you want to have, have happy people say, thank you. Um, you know, I travel a lot, an awful lot. And, um, I think the power of thank you is one of the most important powers we have to make somebody's day. I mean, a couple of hours ago, I was downstairs having breakfast. And after breakfast, what did I say? I said, thank you. Thank you for breakfast. It was great. Uh, when I'm sitting in a hotel dining room for breakfast, I love to say thank you to the waitress. And, and they smile. And I love to say thank you to the hostess or the host. And, and they just beam. Uh, make it a point of saying thank you a lot to people. You can't say, I mean, as long as you mean it, don't be disingenuous. But I mean, as, lo as long as you truly mean, I'm, I'm, I'm offering you thanks here. People will beam with pride. They'll be happier. Number 11, involve people at every level in planning. Uh, they all have something to bring to the party. Remember, oatmeal at Starbucks. The idea for oatmeal at Starbucks came from an intern, an intern who was just happened to be sitting in a meeting. Uh, and as we estimate, oatmeal makes up somewhere between three and $500 million a year for Starbucks worldwide right now. Uh, number 12, 
uh, provide perks. And, and what are the perks? You don't have to break the bank. Uh, perks can be education. Perks can be uh, financial planning. Uh, perks can be flex time. Perks can be team building exercises. Uh, perks can be food. And, and you can take the food thing as, uh, as far as you uh, want to take it. I, I was recently talking to a friend of mine. Uh, uh, he's a medical doctor and owned an ambulatory surgical center uh, just north of San Francisco for many, many years. And as he turned about 65, he decided to sell it. And so he sold it to a company with the proviso that he would stay on. I think his agreement was for two years on a limited basis. Well, in two years, they had run the business into the ground so badly, they basically gave it back to him. And he has spent the last couple of years rebuilding it. And I said, well, what's the first thing that you did? He said, he said, let me just tell you how stupid people are. He said, when you've got 20, 25 people working in the same day surgery center, he said, everybody is busy. I'm, we're all doing critical work. And he said, every day for years, for years, for years, I just had lunch catered and just had a big, beautiful lunch catered every day for everybody. He said, I didn't even care what it cost. I mean, you know, it's only you know, 15, 20, 25 people. Just bring it in. Bring in a feast every day. He said, well, the first thing that new company did when they bought it is uh, they stopped doing that. And it got the workers so pissed off that people actually started leaving. And so, you know, as the pocketbook allows, I mean, uh, I, I love the idea of, of, of food. Uh, number 13, make your goals very clear and make certain they are mutually understood. Not just a statement or an announcement of these are the goals and ambitions, but make certain they're mutually understood. Number 14, and I know of a lot of companies that are doing this right now, there used to be the employee review each year where the boss brought the employee in and went through an annual review. And then part of that was you were either going to get a raise or not a raise. Enlighten companies today. If you want to have happy people, do mutual evaluations. This is how I think you're doing as an employee, and this is how I think you're doing as a boss. Let's have a conversation. Uh, make happy people. Number 15, involve them in innovation. Number 16, uh, know who they are and what they're, where they're trying to go, where their life journey is going to take them, and, and be instrumental in helping people get to where they want to go. And then number 17, and I've been talking about this one for a long time, and companies do a lousy job of it, celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins constantly. Every time there's a win, celebrate it. And uh, there's always a win to be found. So if you, if you do those things, some of those things, all of those things, um, I promise you that you will end up with uh, happy people. And happy people produce more sales. Happy people produce more revenues. Happy people produce more profit. And uh, and happiness just, it's contagious, Dale. Absolutely. So, I mean, just a, a couple observations on my side. I think when, when you talk about providing perks, the, the, the old-fashioned saying that comes to mind is tripping over dollars to pick up pennies. Right. So when the company comes in and eliminates the lunch, that would be tripping over dollars to pick up a few pennies in the grand scheme of things. And look at what that, the impact of that in the long run. So my challenge to the listeners is in what areas are you tripping over the dollars to pick up a few pennies where the, the impact could be so much greater by spending a few a few I, bucks. I completely agree. And, and, and it's almost always a few bucks. I mean, you know, free food, free dry cleaning and free pet sitting and free dog walking is legendary in Silicon Valley. But when you take a look at the company, at, at the revenues these companies generate, I mean, it's a pittance. It's a very small amount of money. 
Absolutely. And the, the other piece was I heard some great advice about your point, trust employees to do the right thing. Because, and, and this advice really goes to being intentional about trust. And that is, it's our job to fill the gap. And that gap is between, I mean, if, since we have this relationship for the podcast, if I act, if I do something, Jason has this opportunity to fill the gap between what I do and your interpretation of it. And are you going to fill that gap with us or are you going to fill that gap with distrust? And that's a choice you've got to make. And, uh, and when you start with trust, you're filling that gap. And what happens when you fill that gap with trust is you make me want to be a better person. And you make me want to step up my game so that my actions have an even better impact on you. If you're always wondering and, and, uh, and being suspicious of me, at some point, I'm just going to give up and say, I can't yep. win, Jason. I, yeah, I can't win. Can't win. No, there's no, there's no one for trying. That's exactly right. So uh, Fill in the gap. So I'm not sure if that's a complete list, but it was the list of, uh, as I searched my recollection of everything I've seen and experienced and discovered uh, over the past 20 years, uh, researching and writing my books, those are the top 17 that uh, popped into my mind. And I think 17 points, but not all, but if you could go through, re-listen to this podcast with a pen and paper and identify a few that you can put into action immediately in your yep. company, you're going to see happier employees. And and I'll recap the importance, the why of it is that you're going to have 20 to 25% better financial performance, yep. that you're going to have 37% more of your employees engaged, and you're going to have, uh, you know, Glassdoor shows I'll give you the, the Drucker Institute shows a 20 to 25 better percent, better financial performance. Glassdoor's report shows across the board, 16% greater financial performance where workers are happy. So the, and salespeople sell and salespeople sell 37% more. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a no brainer, Dale. You'll see it on the bottom line. You'll see it on the bottom line. Any final thoughts for us? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, during the course of uh, my research for this, I, I came across a, a great blog uh, at a site called six Q and uh, it's, and it says simply this happy employees give a damn are more loyal, are healthier, take more risk on your behalf and breed like rabbits. <laughs> and I smiled and I thought, yep, that's the way I'm going to wrap up that podcast. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. Okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to break through the laughter. I'm going to remind folks uh, that you can subscribe to this podcast. It's super easy to do, and it helps you get those just smiles at the end of the day. Uh, subscribe at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. While you're there, be sure and rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. Uh, when you do, it makes it easier to find for folks who are looking for this type of contact uh, content. You can also contact Jason. His Jason at jason-jennings.com. Jason Jennings is the author of USA Today is called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You know why? You can learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Just visit the website jason-jennings.com. 
This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.